Come on. Get into the Word of God. Joy comes in the morning. Who needs some joy? There's a few people. Who needs some joy? Yeah. Amen. So, Father, we want to thank you today. We thank you for your word that's living and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. Father, we want to thank you for the ministry of your spirit. And, Lord, we just, uh, we just give ourselves to you. We yield ourselves to you. God, that your spirit would have his way in us and amongst us today, both individually and, and as a people, as a family together today. God, we want to thank you. We want to thank you not just for the death of your son, but we want to thank you for the resurrection. We want to thank you for the life. We want to thank you for the hope that we have because Jesus is not dead. He is alive. And so, Lord, we thank you. Amen. I always think it's, it's, been, like, uh, four, it's been like four weeks since I've spoken because we were away in Alice and Adrian was speaking and then Guy and, and some people say that's really good that Tim hasn't spoken for a month. I can see it now. It's really been really good. Anyway, but it's interesting how God connects the dots. Different places, different things, God connects the dots. The, the Lord seeded this word in me to bring today when I was in Alice Springs. It was something that he was speaking to me about when I was in Alice. And then it's interesting how when Guy got up last week, the question that he asked was, Hands up who's been through the toughest or one of the toughest periods in their life over the last three years. And so many people went like that in terms of their spiritual journey, in terms of the things and the, and the things that have been happening around them in their life, in their family. And I know, obviously, you know, being, being a leader, I, I know there's some of the things that people go through that most people don't go, uh, sorry, that most people don't know. You know, I know for some it's, it's physical battles, for some it's emotional, mental battles, for some it's financial battles, it's business battles, it's, it's family battles, it's, it's all kinds of battles, it's, you know, but it's true. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because so many times when we face a battle, there seems to be this teaching in the church that we go, well, God's not in this, so I run. I have met so many believers over the, the, the last 20, 25 years that, that at the sight of hardship, they run. At the sight of, of having to endure through something, they run. You know, yes, God wants us to prosper. Yes, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Yes, we read in Scripture such verses, I pray that you would prosper in every way, even as your soul prospers. I pray that you would prosper and be in good health. Amen. But there are things sometimes that we go through and circumstances that happen that God is, God is moving in the midst of that we would be changed from another degree of glory to another that we would trust Him that little bit more, that we would love Him that little bit more, that we would rejoice in Him that little bit more. You know what I'm getting at? We're going to look at that. 
Because there's a principle in Scripture. This is just one verse, but there's multiple verses that say the same thing. Well, not exactly, but the principle, you know what I mean. Weeping, Psalm, verse, uh, Psalm 30, verse 5. Weeping may endure, we're going to look at that in a minute. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Weeping may endure for the night. Some nights feel a bit longer than others. We've had a bit of sickness in our family on and off over the last, well, it seems to be like three or four months now. It just keeps going on. I can tell you right now, some nights seem longer than others. You know those nights when you go to sleep and your head hits the pillow and you're just, and you're out to it? And you're like, oh. And you might wake up once, I don't know, but then you wake up in the morning and go, wow, that night went quick. But what about those nights where, you, where you're like someone's sick in the middle of the night and you go, well, what time is it? It's not even midnight yet. It's like only 11.30, you know, and the night just seems to just go on. Or maybe you, maybe you wake up and then your mind kicks in and it's just like, you know, your mind won't stop and you're thinking, you're thinking, and you're thinking, and you go, what time is it? And the night just seems to go on for a long, and you go, that was a long night. So there's different lengths in a sense, but the time frame is still the same. It just feels longer. Weeping may endure for a night, and we have to endure in the endurer. We have to learn to endure in the endure. But joy comes in the morning. There is... There's no doubt that the enemy tries to steal our hope and our joy. Can we agree on that? The enemy tries to steal our hope and joy. We need to, but we need to, in the midst of that, we need to understand the joy of the Lord. Amen? Because the joy of the Lord is not an emotion, but yet it does come out emotionally, but it's not an emotion. It's not based on an emotion. The joy of the Lord is not a, a feeling. It's not based on how I feel. That's not the joy of the Lord. Because the joy of the Lord is evident regardless of circumstances, situations. It's there regardless. And it's that joy that has been made possible for each and every one of us that gets us through what we need to go through. The problem is that we don't understand and we're not really, our roots, if I can use it this way, our roots haven't gone down deep enough. They're, they're too shallow. Because for a tree to thrive in drought, its roots need to be deep. Yep. God speaks to us through nature. Do we believe that? There are things that are in the natural that God speaks to us. You know, the roots, that's why we need depth before we get width. We need to go deeper with God before we grow out. Because otherwise the roots are shallow and when the winds come and the storms come, you know what happens to the trees? That root systems are not good. We have to go deeper. Because the joy of the Lord that we're going to look at in Nehemiah, it says, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
The Hebrew word, which some of you have heard me say this before, the Hebrew word for joy comes, its foundational word is to be joined. To be joined to the Lord is your strength. The joy, the joy of the Lord comes from being united with Him. The joy of the Lord comes from that deep living well within us. And it flows regardless of, of, of whether it's abundance or whether it's drought. Whatever the circumstance, whatever the situation, there's a joy. That's why David could get on his harp or his lyre and he could just, he could play and he could worship the Lord in the midst of the greatest battles because the river of living water was flowing. The joy. So, and that's, and you know the good thing about the true joy of the Lord? The enemy cannot steal it. He can only steal that which is superficial, that which is of the flesh. You know, like, woo, yeah, feeling so good, I feel good. I knew that I would now. Sorry, that just, that's, that's the kind of thing that he can steal because then tomorrow you go through something and that all just drains off you. Has anyone ever felt that before? Anyone felt like one day you're like, you're like, I can climb the highest mountain. And then the next day you go, I want out of here. No, no one else has ever, okay, well, well. I'll just preach to myself. I'll just... I think we all experience that. But the enemy cannot steal the true joy of the Lord because it's not, an, it's not an emotion, it's not a feeling, it's not based on circumstances because it is Christ in us. It's the Spirit of, of God at work within us. And that is why we can have joy. Guy said, Guy had a couple of little gold, gold nuggets last week in his little phrases, didn't he? Or, or, maybe, or maybe, again, it was just me. He said, do not let the testing make you go the way of the flesh or something to that effect. And I was like, Ooh. in the time of testing, because faith will be tested, do not go the way of the flesh. Ooh. That's worth dwelling on. It actually is worth dwelling on in your own journaling time. But trust God. Go deeper. Dig wells. Every time we trust God, every time we worship Him, every time we cast all our cares upon Him, every time we take every thought captive and make it obedient, every time we yield, every time we say, Lord, rather than fix that, we say, Lord, have your way in me. Every time we say that, the well goes deeper. It's something that I've learned over the years, is that at first when things happen, you always want to see the external things change. But the first prayer we should always pray is, Lord, what do you need to do in me? If we all started to pray that prayer first, the other stuff would start to shift more, I believe. Because he's more concerned, because he's a good father. 
He's concerned about us. You know, the principle in Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19, it says, do not remember the past events. Just, just ponder that for a minute. You ever been in a conversation with God where, you know, like where God has forgiven you of something? But then, the enemy, but, the, but then the enemy reminds you of it. And then you go back to God and you go, oh God, I'm really sorry about that. I'll just repent of that. Has anyone ever been there? Okay, we, we've got a few. Yeah. I think we probably, again, it's probably. And then the Lord goes, what? What? It's gone. It's already done. It's. Do not remember past events. Pay no attention to things of old. Look, I'm about to do something new. Even now it's coming. Do you not see it? And I will make a way in the wilderness. I will make rivers in the desert. And you've heard me say before, and you've heard other people say, when a way, when a road has been made in a wilderness, no longer is it a wilderness. Because people can travel in and out. When there's rivers in the desert, no longer is, there, is it a desert because there is life. Even in the midst of the hardest circumstances, there is an opportunity for joy. Don't let circumstances dictate. Don't let the circumstances dictate. We had a bit of sickness around us, as I said, around our family, and I was like, I could feel it coming on me. And I was like, no, it is not mine. It is not mine. It doesn't belong to me. I do not receive this fluey thingy. It's not mine. You just keep standing, keep standing, keep standing. And it's like sometimes you go, oh, no, no it's not mine. It does not belong to me. Don't let circumstances dictate, but let hope and joy. David was, you know, we tend to just think about the highlights of David. We don't tend to look at the battles, or people don't tend to look at everything that he went through in his, in his life. From being a son who was kind of forgotten. You know, when all the sons came out to be, to be anointed, you know, Where's the king? Oh, it must be this one. You know, David was left out. He wasn't even brought in with the rest of them. You know, in today's culture, that would be an opportunity for a spirit of rejection. But see, David's heart was already with God. Because he found a man after his own heart. Even as a young boy, his heart was with God. All the battles, being anointed as king, being in Saul's place, being persecuted by Saul, being tracked down by Saul, wanting to be killed by Saul because of jealousy. You know, everything that he went through, all the battles, all the issues, all the trials. And yet David was one that repented and came through it. He confessed. He came through it. The joy of the Lord was evident upon David because you read the Psalms. Many of his Psalms were written in battle, in warfare, when he was on the run, when he was being compersed. When, sorry, when he was being persecuted, but yet he would say, my hope is in the Lord. My trust is in the Lord. 
The Lord will fulfill his purposes for me. Full of hope, full of joy. Psalm 27 is one of my favorites. The declarations when people were pursuing him. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Can you hear the hope? Can you hear it? When people are pursuing us, we're like, oh, no. When things are happening in life, we're like, oh, no. But David was confident in the Lord. He said, the Lord is my light. The Lord is my stronghold. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. And I love verse 13 and 14, one of my favorites. It speaks continually in my spirit. And he says, I would have lost heart except for this. And you know, sometimes when we go through those nights, those seasons, those things that we just like, you know, weeping and chores for the night, and you go, this is a long night. And there are some people in that right now. Right now in that space where it just seems to be, when is this going to break? He said, I would have lost heart except for this. I am confident that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Is there an amen? I am confident. Maybe that is a declaration for you today. Over your family, over your circumstance, over your health, over what the situation is, I am confident that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen? Wait for it, verse thought. Verse 14 says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart be courageous. Wait for the Lord. You know, Psalm, Psalm 126, while we're in, in the Psalms, was actually given to us and us as a fellowship back in 2021 by Katie Barker. I don't know if many of you actually know that, but it was actually given to us um, as a Psalm to stand on back in the start of 2021. The principle is here also. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion. So those that had take, been taken captive. The Lord restored the fortunes of those. We were like those who began to dream again. Can you imagine being in a place of captivity for so long? And all of a sudden there was just a sniff of restoration. It was like we began to dream again. Ooh, there's hope. We began to dream again. Our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy. And they said among the nations, look, the Lord has done great things for them. He has done great things for us and we were joyful. Oh Lord, restore our fortunes like the watercourses in the Negev. For those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. There is the principle again. Though weeping may endure for the night, joy comes in the morning. Though those who sow in tears will surely reap with shouts of joy. 
I think believers need to get a bit more kind of excited about joy. Sometimes we get so used to the ho-hum that we just, oh yeah. Though one, goes along uh, though one goes along weeping, carrying the bag of seed, that he will surely come back with shouts of joy, carrying the harvest. Huh. So, what, so what's going on when we go through stuff sometimes? You know, we just, we talk about it a lot here at Resto, about first love about living in first love with Jesus, that Jesus is first. And you know how easy it is for little things to get in the way? People, possessions, titles, circumstances, unforgiveness, issues, you name it. It's so easy. Desires, dreams to get in the way and just to subtly just push Jesus even out a little bit. Can we just be real for a minute? You know, that he would be first and continue to be first. He would be our first love. It's interesting that the Lord said to the Israelites when he led them through testing, he said, I led you on the entire journey through these 40 years in the wilderness so that he might humble and test to know what was in your heart. Sometimes when we go through stuff, that's why I always say it's about here that the first prayer should be, God, what are you doing in me? He led his people, his Israelites, through the wilderness, through the, the testing and the, the trial to know what was in their heart. And the reality is that Whenever we're squeezed, what's on the inside comes out. Yep. When you squeeze an orange, you get lemon juice. No, you get orange juice. So when you're squeezed by life and by circumstances, what's on the inside comes out. And then it puts us at the feet of Jesus and go, Lord, I just want more. I, I just need more of you. The fullness, the reality of everything that Christ has done for us, I believe is going to be seen more and more in and through those that have yielded to Him and humbled themselves before Him. He's done it all. He's done it all for us. And in the midst of every trial, in the midst of every battle, in the midst of every circumstance, the Lord is fashioning a people that will carry His kingdom until He comes. His love, His grace, His power, His authority, His mandate. Without mixture, without spot, without blemish, He is preparing a people for Himself. Is there an amen? I said, is there an amen? Come on. So this morning, I feel in the Spirit to read those verses from Nehemiah been traveling through Nehemiah a little bit over the last few months, and I just feel to go to Nehemiah chapter 8 in verse 8. Because it's interesting, in Nehemiah, they actually had a time of corporate repentance. They did. But in chapter 8, it says, they read out of the book of the law, translating it 
and giving the meaning so that the people could understand what was being read. Could you imagine sitting in an environment where you're sitting there and the book of the law is being not only read, but it's being translated and, it's, and, and the meaning is coming out so that everyone could understand? Could you imagine how long this is going to take? Did you pack your soup and sandwiches? You know, we live in a culture that's like, come on, it's, oh, it's nearly. But they're like, no, we're, gonna, we're just going to keep doing this journey. And it says, Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, the Levites who were instructing the people said to all of them, this day is holy to the Lord your God. But do not mourn and do not weep. <laughs> They'd been through it. They'd been in captivity. They'd been exiled. They'd seen Jerusalem, they'd seen the walls, they'd been through the battles, they'd been through the hardships, they'd seen the, the rebuilding of the wall, they'd, they'd seen it all coming, you know. And, and the Lord said through, um, the Lord said to them, do not mourn or weep. For all the people were weeping as they heard the words of the law. So the law was being read and, the, and, and God was moving in hearts and so there was a response and there was a weeping because they'd realized that they had turned away from God. But he said to them, go and eat what is rich, drink what is sweet, send portions to those who have nothing prepared, since today is holy to our God. Do not grieve because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I feel for some who are at least here today, I'm kind of stepping out a little bit because I feel it in the spirit. I was feeling it when I was when the Lord was seeding this in me back in Alice. Is that there's there's been so many people who have gone through varying battles of different kinds over the last few months, few years. Some of them have been, you know, for a few weeks or a few months, but others have seemed to have gone on for like like a year, two years, three years. It's it's like this battle. But I just I just feel that these battles are going to give way to breakthrough. One moment in time. You see, the interesting thing about the suddenlies of God is they happen suddenly. We read the word suddenly and we go, oh yeah. But when you've been enduring, when things have been happen, suddenly. We've seen suddenlies of God. But I want to declare it over you today. Suddenly. Suddenly the breakthrough, suddenly the deliverance, suddenly the release, suddenly the healing, suddenly. And people will say, according to Psalm 126, look what the Lord has done. He has done great things for us. He has done great things. Is there an amen? So I just want to encourage you this morning. That the joy, I want to encourage you to go deeper with Jesus because the joy comes from being united with him the vine and the it's like the vine and the branches the branches cannot bear fruit when they're cut off that's why he said i am the vine and you are the branches the life flows from the vine through the branch and the branch automatically bears the fruit if you're struggling to see the fruit and bear fruit in your life it's like we maybe just need to come back to jesus because being connected with Him, it will just automatically happen. We don't have to strive for it. 
because it's a work of His Spirit in our life. Amen. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. And the enemy can't steal it. He can't steal the joy of the Lord. Isn't that awesome? Psalm, let's just read a couple of verses before we finish. I just want to encourage you to abide, dwell, stay. Just listen to some of these scriptures about joy. Psalm 16, verse 11. O Lord, you reveal the path of life to me, and in your presence is abundant joy. Do you, do you need the joy? <laughs> Maybe shut yourself away a little bit. Spend some time with him, because in his presence is abundant joy. Abundant joy. Sometimes at Friday night prayer meetings and stuff, when the presence of God is just, people get, people get very joyous. Other times we weep, but sometimes we just get a little bit rowdy. Because there's joy, and it overflows. You can't, you can't contain it. In Isaiah, verse, uh, in Isaiah chapter 12, Verse 3. Actually, let's go back to verse 2. God is indeed my salvation. <laughs> Amen. God is indeed my salvation. I will trust Him and I will not be afraid. For the Lord, the Lord Himself, He is my strength and my song. You will joyfully draw water from the springs of salvation. And on that day, you will give thanks to the Lord and proclaim His name and make His works known among the peoples. You will joyfully draw water from the springs of salvation. What a beautiful picture. Romans 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and 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 in the Holy Spirit. That's the key. And in chapter 15, verse 13, may the God of hope. Do you know our God is a God of hope? Hope is an important thing. We haven't got time to diverge into that right now. But hope is important. It gives you perspective. It gives you vision. It gives you something beyond which you currently see. He is the God of hope. He is the God of resurrection. He is the God of life. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe. There's a bit of a trigger there, isn't there? May May the God of, of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe. That's the David. I, am, I would have lost heart. I would have given up, except I am confident I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. He believed. He believed in, the, in, in what God said. And we need to be people who believe in what God said. Is there an Amen. 
over your life, over your family, over your circumstances. It is written. Stand on the Word of God. Stand before the enemy and go, it is written. May He fill you with all joy and peace as you believe, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. When you're in something, when you're going through something, and people go, I cannot believe how you're going through this. You, you, you overflow. There's, a, there's an overflowing of God in your life. I love the truth that Jeremiah 17 it says, blessed is the one whose trust in the Lord, whose trust, is in him, whose trust is in Him. For He will be like a tree planted by the streams of water. It will never fail to bear fruit, even in times of droughts. Wow. We want to live that verse out, don't we? We trust in the Lord in such a way. Just think about these people for a minute. Music team, you can, you can come. I want to remind you, this joy, the joy of the Lord, is through your union with Christ. Yep. Did you hear that? I want to remind you that this joy of the Lord is through your union with Christ. The joy comes through your union with Christ. And that's why it cannot be stolen, because it's your union with Christ. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Think about people in Scripture. Think about Paul and Silas in prison, you know, being beaten, flogged, you know, bound up in a dark dungeon, and yet they were worshipping and they were praising God. Think about John, the Isle of Patmos. Think about the disciples persecuted, had to flee for their lives from, from their homes, from Jer Jerusalem. When the persecution broke out in Jerusalem, it caused them to disperse. But they didn't see it as a negative. They saw it as a positive because they took the message of the kingdom of God wherever they went. The joy of the Lord was their strength. The joy of the Lord was their strength. Weeping may have endured for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. I think about, we take it back to Jesus. Before I do that, we, we're going to need a bit of help after because this whole hall was set up with tables and chairs and we have to put it back for the school tomorrow. Last time we're going to have to do it. But there's 180 tables and chairs that we need help to put out with after. We're not, we're not going to do it straight away, but if you could please help. Jesus went to the cross. Previously to that, he was flogged, he was beaten, he was mocked, he was ridiculed. He, he went to the cross. They mocked him. Who is this king of the Jews? 
can't even save himself. But he knew what had to happen. And he said, it is done. It is finished. In that moment of darkness, and if you keep reading the account, you see that people were in different places in their thoughts. They'd lost what Jesus had said to them. It was like hope was cut off. It was like, we've lost Jesus. Our hope is gone. Our hope is cut off. But then suddenly, according to God's timing, according to the plans and purposes of God, at the right moment, suddenly, there was resurrection. And they went to the tomb. Where is he? Where is he? He is risen. He's not here. He is risen. They go back. The women go reporting, Jesus, Jesus risen. What? He is risen indeed. And sometimes in a circumstance or a situation, we feel like that our hope was cut off. Or we wondered, did we hear? Did we believe? Did we? Did we? Did we? Did we? But God. But God. But God. He is faithful to complete the good work that He started. He is faithful to His word. He is faithful to His promises. He is faithful to you and to me. So keep your eyes fixed upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Let us worship. Let us worship. If you need prayer for anything this morning, if the message or anything I've said has spoken to you, if you need prayer for anything about that, you need prayer for healing, you need prayer for encouragement, the team are here, the team will pray with you. But we come from a position of humility and yielding and surrender and we come to Jesus and we worship.